Hey, everybody, it's your favorite reconstructionist, Eric Brown and Phil Relly, and welcome to episode number 41 of the one and only show bringing you tips and tricks for working vehicle collision cases from the best experts in the industry. Today's topic is too much RAM, not enough Dodge. So hold on tight. Here we go. Before I finish this intro, another life will be lost to a vehicle crash, and the $500 billion economic impact of vehicle crashes will only keep growing. Are you an attorney, expert witness, police officer, or insurance adjuster in charge of negotiating, investigating, or litigating vehicle collision cases? If so, then you're in the right place. The Expert Angle podcast was created for you because we believe that the industry must evolve, grow, and get better daily. And the only way to do that is by building the best team of experts possible to ensure that these crashes are handled efficiently, accurately, and honestly in order to get justice for the victims. We're Eric Brown and Phil Relly, and this is The Expert Angle. Welcome back to the show, everyone. This episode of the Expert Angle podcast is brought to you by Virtual Crash Accident Reconstruction Software. If you are tired of having to purchase, upkeep, and run multiple programs during an investigation, Virtual Crash is the cure. With Virtual Crash, you can build 3D environments using your actual scene data. You can simulate, animate, and create awesome visuals. You can also use the new momentum analysis tool for vehicle motion. Basically, Virtual Crash is the complete accident reconstruction software solution. Visit vcrashusa.com today to download your free trial or schedule a live one-on-one demonstration. Phil, man, here we are, another exciting episode, and we wanted to start off uh, this, well, we started off already after our mid-season break, and uh, we wanted to bring back one of our ugliest guests, right? And uh, so we figured we'd bring him back today. So we have Chris Wells joining us again. <laughs> Starting off real. Look, I didn't even get a laugh from anybody. Chris is laughing. Phil's not even laughing. It's just because I'm going to murder you later. Oh, that's fine. <laughs> that's fine. So it uh, and just FYI, if, if for anybody watching the video episode, yes, I am dressed brightly today because I had to support my my Red Bull racing guys for Formula One and uh, my, my driver out there. So even though he had a catastrophic tire failure, uh, I know that TJ was watching uh, this race today and he was salivating multiple tire failures, multiple. It was a crazy race. So, but we're not here today to talk about tire failures today, Phil, we're going to talk about something different. You know, we're going to talk about. (laughs) Um, I'm going to be nice. Go ahead. In all honesty, I think it's that we need to shave Chris's head. Look at him in the video. This is bad. I know he needs a haircut. What's going on? Definitely do for a haircut. (laughs) Right. Like, look at that is a mop on, on top of that head right there, boy. But no, so we are going to talk a little bit about pedestrian and bicycle crashes. Right. We've talked, uh, I think, in the last couple of episodes here, right before the, the midseason break, uh, we talked about motorcycle crashes and we've talked a little bit and we just started to touch on um, commercial motor vehicle crashes. So now I was like, well, let's take another kind of uh, uh, turn in a different direction and talk about pedestrian bicycle crashes because. And I'm going to throw this out there sort of for Chris. Chris, just tell the audience, right. Confirm this for me that. Pedestrian and bicycle crashes are are incredibly simple. They're just like every other crash and require no specialized training, require nothing extra that you need to look at in these crashes, right? 
How much did you drink during that race? <laughs> <laughs> a little bit. I might have had, might have had a little bit. So listen, for anybody listening, uh, we're a shameless plug. We're going to see if we can pick up a sponsor from Jack Daniels. Uh, I, but I had some of that uh, Tennessee apple and it's delicious. So I'm not a huge Jack Daniels fan, but Tennessee apple, they hit it out of the, out of the park on that one. So, Yeah. But uh, so that that's kind of the point I wanted to get across, because as we've gone down the series, um, you know, the theme has sort of been that, OK, you come out of school and you get your recon training. Right. And for for the attorneys that use, um, you know, engineers and stuff like that, really anybody like that, you know, you've come out of school, you've done your degree. If you use a reconstructionist, they've gone to the police academy, they've got their very basic education. Engineers and police officers then go to recon training. Okay. And you pick up, you know, a couple hours here and there on doing some car crashes and you, you get general knowledge when it comes to pedestrians, but is that enough knowledge to go out and successfully and confidently recon pedestrian bicycle crashes? I think we, I think we need to ask the, there's, there's about five people I'd like to get on the phone right now and ask them that. Cause I'm pretty sure their response is going to be, yep. <laughs> <laughs> right. That's, and, and you're right. That's uh, the, the theme that we've been seeing lately. Um, I think they would tell us that you don't need any additional schooling to recon pedestrian bicycle crashes. And, and uh, I mean, it, it comes through, it does, but, uh, but no. So I brought Chris on because he is one of our, bicycle pedestrian crash experts he is he's gone through not only reconstruction training but then has done advanced uh pedestrian bicycle training yeah yep amazing commentary there donnie (laughs) wait a jesus it's like pulling teeth trying to get people to talk on this Uh podcast so well i mean like we've done a lot with the pedestrian with our crash test dummy ryan hitting him and seeing what different things happen because, I mean, we've seen him contort in ways we didn't really expect him to do. Yeah. When we've hit him. Yeah. You know, well, and so let's just break it down super simple here, right? Unfortunately, when you have a pedestrian crash, right? I think what separates them from, from vehicle crashes is one, that you're introducing a few different elements. Every pedestrian crash, for the most part, I would say, is some type of airborne event. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the pedestrian's not staying on the ground. Right, so it, it's super rare. Right, so you're you're dealing with with airborne motion, plus then you have some different drag factors because you're not necessarily dealing with just tires on the ground. Now you're dealing with either tumbling or sliding bodies on the ground. Right? Yeah. And, and then but then you also have the car component. Well, and even there with the bodies on the ground, especially where we live, we have winter, summer, so you can have somebody in a full snowsuit get hit. They go tumbling. It's going to be a different different drag factor for the body than the guy shirtless and flip-flops walking down the street in the middle of summer. So you got to take those things into account. Listen, just because I blew out my flip-flop. <laughs> <laughs> right. No, nobody. Nobody wants to sing Jimmy Buffett. No. I was going to break into song. Phil shaking his head. And that's when everybody left the podcast. (laughs) It's all right. We'll dub it in. (laughs) But no, I don't know. So, you know, for me, and I tell most people this, I, you know, but I don't, I don't love, like, I don't enjoy pedestrian bicycle crashes. Like I do motorcycles, like motorcycles are my favorite, right? 
And uh, but surprisingly, I, I I'll take a motorcycle any day over a bicycle crash. See, and I'm the opposite. <laughs> I'll take the bicycle over the motorcycle, but it's what we're comfortable with. I like to ride bikes. You like to ride motorcycles. I've got the specialized training in the bicycles. And I like the pedestrians bicycles because they're more of a scavenger hunt because when you're dealing with the car to car, car to bicycle, you have dead set. This hundred percent where my area of impact is. Well, you don't have that with pedestrians or bicycles every now and then there, you get the theory of, well, look for the shoe mark. Phil, you ever find a shoe mark on a pedestrian crash? Never found a shoe mark. Eric? Nope. I've seen a picture of one. I have one. Well, I actually have two crashes, one with an actual shoe mark and one where they just walked through like recently done concrete and it had the dust on it. Okay. And you watch the dust footprints and you watch where the last one happened and his foot started leaving the ground. I say but, now, now me and you have been out on some scenes and, and this is one of the things that makes Ohio um, and Pennsylvania and, and stuff like that. I think a, a better state to investigate pedestrian crashes uh, is the, the snow. Yes. Because obviously it's, it's super easy to tell where a pedestrian is coming from, how they're walking, the length of their stride, the whole nine, because we get footsteps and snow. And then all of a sudden, boop, footsteps stop, <laughs> yeah. you know, and tire marks start. <laughs> so, Hopefully. Right. But, but, but I would say bicycle and pedestrian crashes present some problems that I think a lot of other crashes don't present. Yeah. The main one being lack of evidence. You have lack of evidence. And the biggest thing I think we have is nine times out of 10, your evidence has been moved before anybody even gets there. Because you always get those courteous people who are like, oh, I got to get the bike out of the middle of the road or I need to move the person off the road. And it's like, don't touch things, guys. I get you're trying to help, but yeah. just help them. Like, move them if you have to. But if you can treat where they are, treat where they are. Yeah. Uh, or in the case of, God forbid, when pedestrian uh, when police officers get struck, everybody wants to pick up their hat yeah. and bring it to you. Like, they're like, well, here's this hat. And it's like, well, thanks. Go put it back. Yeah, <laughs> exactly where you found it. <laughs> yeah, I don't need it here. I need it where it was. Yeah. yeah, but I don't know, Phil. I mean, what do you what do you think when you when you work pedestrian crashes? Uh, you're more of a truck guy. So do you? I don't know. I like trucks and motorcycles. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. See, and that's I mean, like I've got no problem working pedestrian bike crashes. I just don't enjoy them. I think for me, and this may just come down to curriculum issue but everybody can agree it, it's kind of a non-event from the sake uh, or from the stance of uh, it's a non-event for the car from the stance of pedestrian strikes don't typically change speed on the car um it would take quite a bit to do that but and i think that's where the problem lies right there because i think a lot of investigators knowing that you, they just kind of negate the whole pedestrian component of it and, and strictly look at it. if I can find area of impact or determine area of impact. And I know where final rest is at. And the driver said, you know, they didn't slam on their brakes. They did da 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 da. That's all they solve out. And, and, that, and that may not be right. You know, just, just arbitrarily not considering the pedestrian component of it, I think is a flawed approach. It's, it's the path of least resistance, but it's not the, it's not a complete investigation. You have to 
you have to analyze the pedestrian and compare it to the car. And there's things, you know, you yeah. know as well as I do. The, the pedestrian doesn't take all of the uh, the speed from the car. It's only a percentage of it. So, ah, man, <laughs> Phil, Phil just told you stole one of my segments I was going to bring up during this podcast. Thank you very much. Brought to you today by Phil Relly. But I'm and we're out. <laughs> so, I mean, there's a lot of people, and I've heard people say this. You know, the, the whole well, I mean, the pedestrian and the pedestrian got struck, but you know, really, we just got to figure out where the where the area of impact is because it's a non-issue for the car. That doesn't mean you forget about the pedestrian. Now, I just want to say, you say it's an you say it's a non-issue for the car, but. <laughs> What if you have like a, a sumo wrestler versus that Urkel mobile from Family Matters? Remember or back in the day? <laughs> and that's why I said it was going to take a lot, but I didn't want to be that person. So I appreciate you being that person. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. No worries. Because why do we have to hit sumo wrestlers? Well, I know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, now, in all fairness, I don't see them crossing the road too often. If they do, they're going to turn and stomp both feet. Yeah. Challenge. And, you know, and, and the funny thing is, so we always say, too, that the marks that you most commonly see on the front of the car are two handprints because every pedestrian, it seems like, right before impact, will turn to face the car and attempt to stop it. Yeah. Like they put their hands out and try and stop the car. That one might be successful. I would be curious to see a sumo wrestler versus smart car. I think, it, you know, and I think that the uh, the hands are just, I, I think that's just the... Uh, uh, Okay, you can say it. That's the oh shit factor. It's the self-preservation mode. Like when a person falls, they always put their hand out to try and catch themselves. And I think it's the if I put my hand out, I'll lessen the the injury or what have you. But yeah, I I don't know. I don't know why people don't want to look as closely instead of starting with the pedestrian and then working the car. They work the car and then try to work and then maybe consider the pedestrian and working it kind of the wrong way. Yeah. Well, and so let me ask you this and I'll throw this one out there to you guys and kind of get your, your opinion on this, but you know, the, the problem I see, and I would say probably the most prevalent problem I see, what, what's he doing? I wasn't even looking. What do you do? I'm ignoring. Eric not paying attention. That's about normal. Uh, well, I was, I was thinking I was, I was, that was, I was in thinking mode. We noticed this putting the hamster back on the wheel. Yeah. I mean, he was he was he was trying to run away. I had to catch him real quick, throw him back on the wheel. But, you know, in that in the post impact movement of the car, I see a lot of investigators take that entire distance and they say, OK, the vehicle was slowing with either a point three to point five moderate braking, full braking, whatever. And they try and make that up and then they solve for that speed. But a lot of times I think they fail to consider that during that distance from impact to final rest the driver of the car might not have perceived the pedestrian until the pedestrian came through their windshield. Yeah. Right. So, so curves at some point during that. So they're overestimating speed. Dramatically. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. A hundred percent because they're giving that full distance to braking. But part of that is still, if nothing else, let's say, let's say the driver instantly is startled by the pedestrian coming through the windshield. Right they still at nothing else have to go, Oh crap, I should probably stop. Right. The brain still has to say that send the signal to the foot, get the foot off the gas, rotate the ankle to the brake, depress the brake, overcome vehicle latency, and then begin to slow the vehicle. Right. Right? So you got a half second, three quarters second at the fastest that somebody's traveling over that period with no braking. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, if you're saying the, the person's going, let's say 50 feet a second, 
you know, so right around 35 miles an hour ish, something like that. So if you're at 50 feet a second and, and at almost one second, the person's traveling 40 feet, 40 feet of that post impact distance, there's no braking yet. And, and I've seen this a lot and I don't, I don't know, maybe it's inexperience, uh, poor training, lack of training, whatever. They'll, they'll assign on your, on your part, lack of training for you. What's that? Nothing. I'm just giving you a hard time. Sure. Um, (laughs) but they'll find the area of impact or what they believe is a a relatively decent area of impact. Like you said, they'll assign, you know, moderate braking out to final rest. And then when you read the, uh, the statements that the driver gave, assuming the driver stayed, you, you read the statement the driver wrote and the driver will put it in there. I never saw the pedestrian. Then why are you considering the area of impact final rest? as all breaking if they right. never they never saw them then then exactly what we just said you know a portion of that is going to be eaten up by holy crap and, and everything else you know that three quarters of a second half second all the way out to maybe a second and a half who knows or, yeah so yeah depending on what the what the driver was doing prior to impact so they didn't see him at all and and then once they realized the collision then the conversation goes into well did you just slow like you're slow for a stop sign? No, I slammed on the brakes. Okay. Then maybe the last 30 feet of their braking is, is, you know, almost threshold, but all that before is just being eaten up by the brain and body move brain, you know, activity of recognition and the body movement. Yeah. So many people take area of impact out threshold braking. Yeah. They're assigning a 50 mile an hour speed on a car claiming it reckless because it's in a 35 mile an hour zone and, tagging it with some, you know, aggravated offense. Yeah. Yeah. So let me ask you this, that do you feel Chris, this is more for you. Do you feel that we should pass a law requiring pedestrians to wear baseball hats? Oh, when, when, when walking, that would be the greatest thing ever. I agree. I agree. I think we should, uh, I think we should go to the legislature and try and get that passed. Baseball hats or the, any type of hat is, just well, except maybe one of the one of the like skull caps. Well, I don't yeah, know about I, that. I, like, I'm talking like hat, like you know, you yeah, get, you got a sombrero. Nothing that's real tight on the head. Well, Phil wears that one with the little helicopter propeller on the top of it. Well, yeah. What about that's my fine. what about my beer helmet? You think that, <laughs> that's fine. It's got a chin strap well, though, so it doesn't fall off. Oh, uh, just leave it loose. <laughs> then we'll follow the trail of beer to the yeah to, but, to the final rest. <laughs> but you know, hats are great because why? They fall almost instantly where they were standing. Yeah. I mean, because when the car hits the pedestrian, it just accelerates the ped right out from underneath the hat. Yeah. You know, the problem again, though, where I see a lot of people make mistakes is they try and rely on shoes. Yeah. I don't understand that. And shoes, because they come off when the feet are at the top of the arc, when the pedestrian's tumbling through the air and the shoes I've seen just fling. I mean, you could have two shoes that are a block apart from one another. I've had them where they're not even in the road anymore. Right. Like, yeah. Well, clearly they weren't there when he got hit. So, so you're like, well, the area of impact somewhere between the sidewalk here and the sidewalk of that building, a block down. 
Okay. Yeah. Somewhere in this, thanks, somewhere thanks in this, narrowing it yeah. down. somewhere in this 500 foot diameter circle. <laughs> yeah. That's about where you got hit. You got hit somewhere in the city. Okay. All right. You're better off pinging the cell phone using that distance. Right. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, shoes, incredibly unreliable. I think if, if you're an attorney and you're seeing reports come across your desk and somebody's using shoes, I would be a little, I'd be a little leery of that one. Yeah. Uh, you know, might have some questions. Um, you know, the other one too, that, that I see a lot and, and I'd be interested to get your guys's opinion on this, but I see a lot of experts also say, well, this is where I think the, the pedestrian was struck, especially when like a car kind of sideswipes a pedestrian and they go down the, the driver or passenger side and break the mirror off. And they say, well, the mirror fell here. This is where the mirror is at. So this is about where impact was. But my take on that is, if the car is traveling down the road, uh, again, 50 feet a second, right? How fast is the mirror traveling down the road? 50 feet a second. Right. So if it hits a pedestrian and breaks off, how fast is the mirror continuing to travel? Right? Yeah. And, and so where the mirror comes to final rest, I believe, is going to be further down the road than where impact happened, which is actually going to shorten your distance yeah. of post-impact movement. But I see it all the time. Like all the time. I mean, on almost every report I look at, I see that. And it, it's crazy. I don't, I, I, that's one I just do not understand. But well, and again, it's just because, and I think it just goes to lack of training. The, the concern I have, and I've had for a long time, and this will probably piss some people off, but I, you know, I really don't care today for some reason. No, Phil's, <laughs> feel, Phil's feeling feisty. It's feisty <laughs> Phil Friday. <laughs> On a Wednesday. On a Wednesday. <laughs> People leave reconstruction class and they get their certificate. And on the back of it, it must have a cape attached to it that you just peel off and tie it on. And, you know, you da -da -da, and they go out and believe that they can reconstruct everything on the planet. You know, plane crash, rocket crashes, freaking speedboat crashes, whatever the case may be. And, and they will try their best. But the problem is, is you guys know just as well as I do, the reconstruction block of training gives you some areas are very, very, very detailed. And some of them are very, very just surface scratching. Mm -hmm. um, but people will go out and get into these pedestrian cases and just, oh, yeah, I got no problem. I can do a pedestrian case. Can you? I mean it's really outside of their wheelhouse at that point because they haven't got the additional training and they need it. So they don't think past the obvious, you know, like you just said with the mirror, that's a great example. And you see yeah. it all, here's the area of impact. I've had a number of people tell me that and you just kind of, really? Did the mirror suddenly when it got struck go to zero, had zero velocity and just immediately fell to planet Earth when it was hit? No. <laughs> yeah, and they look at you like like you're the you're the person that doesn't have a clue it's like hmm. go with what you want to do right yeah but you're yeah, wrong whatever, right whatever you want to do i guess yeah mm -hmm. but yeah but well, well, i was thinking about what phil said earlier where he's like everybody kind of works the car and ignores the pedestrian and, and it's true because you look and you'll see all these things and the analysis of the car and the damage profile and all this and the first question I always look for in the report is, well, wh where did the pedestrian get struck? Well, here, how do you know? Well, that's what the guy told me. Okay, what's the injuries to the pedestrian? Well, I don't know. What do you mean you don't know? How do you not? You got to go look and 
see what the injuries are. Breaks mm-hmm. in the bones, how they broke, tell you. Was he hit from the left? Was he hit from the right? Because we've had a number of times, oh, they came from the curb. And you come out and you're like, well, he got hit on the other legs. So on the out, outside, not the inside. So he definitely wasn't coming from that curb. Yeah. So, so then if you got a view issue where you're like, well, he didn't suddenly appear in the road or, you know, you hit him from behind because he's walking the wrong way on the road. You, you got a whole different crash than what you originally thought you had. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. So let me throw this one out there and get your take on that. So the other problem that I see a lot that just, ah, it really grinds my gears. Like I'm stealing that from another show. We'll probably get sued, but it's okay. Whatever. And Seth MacFarlane's a good guy. I'm sure he won't. Right. I, you know what? If, if Seth MacFarlane, if you're listening to this podcast, write me a letter. Um, and uh, cause yeah, we need to exchange autographs. Anyway. Um, I feel like his is more I'm valuable. Than yours. You know, he wants mine. He's going to frame it, hang it on his wall. Yeah. hundred percent. Start at it. Suddenly you're going to be in an episode of a show and I think it's I not going to go well for you. I think I would be amazing. I would be an amazing character uh, in, yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. Anyway. So, but uh, <laughs> I can hear you rolling your eyes through the camera, Phil. <laughs> so the, uh, but no, the, the one that I see a lot is people that say I calculated the speed of the vehicle from the post impact movement of the pedestrian. That's awesome. Right. Because here's the problem. And, and I would say, for me, the, the paper that I love the most is, is Dr. Cyril's paper. And if you get a chance to, to buy his SEA, uh, SAE paper, buy it. It's amazing. Uh, it, that's probably one of the best reads I've ever had in, in pedestrians. And he spells it out in there, right? The, the, a pedestrian's only going to achieve a certain amount of the vehicle speed, right? right. Now, the 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 more of a forward projection type trajectory, the more of the speed the pedestrian is going to capture. So think of it in terms of a pedestrian that gets hit by my Dodge Ram, right? But, you know, too much, too much Ram, not enough Dodge, <laughs> right? And so my truck hits a pedestrian and projects the pedestrian forward. The, the ped's going to get accelerated to pretty much the speed of my truck, yeah. right? But what about a Corvette that hits a pedestrian? gonna it's not gonna take very much of the speed at all the car right i agree it's, it's just taking his feet out from under him yeah and the, the pedestrian is gonna come up he's gonna wrap onto the hood hit a little bit of the windshield but that windshield on the corvette's so sloped he's gonna come off that windshield and go over the top of the corvette but yet people all the time are saying well i calculated the speed of the car from the post-impact movement of the pedestrian and that's not right you're calculating the speed of the pedestrian which is a, a representation of the speed of the car to a certain degree. All you can really say is the car had to be going at least this fast. Right. Yeah. That, yeah. Uh, and, and, if, and if you really try to go much beyond that and start assigning percentages, where are you going to get those numbers? Well, I you will know, tell I you, mean, Phil, they're starting to work on that. I did read a paper I think it was Andy Rich actually was one of the co-authors on it. And they're actually getting where they're getting closer and closer on the percentages for the type. Yeah. But well, and, and so Cyril's paper has the same thing for yeah. adults and peds and, and the amount of, of height difference and slope on the front end of the vehicle. And he, so Cyril calls it projection efficiency. Right. Um, yeah. And, and he's giving you like the percentage roughly. Roughly. But, yeah. And I think that's where Andy's going. Yeah. And they're just, and that's just it. We just need the data. We just, we yeah. just get recorded more and more. It's 
just we just don't have the info or haven't looked at it properly yet. Haven't really taken, you know, what's already groundwork that's already been laid and then, you know, modernizing it to, 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 to today and, and getting that more efficient efficiency as far as percentages go. But at the end of the day, if do you, do you want to sit on the other side of a table in deposition or trial, or whatever the case may be, and argue on a person, you know, the pedestrian assumed 80, you, you assign a range of 87 to 92%, whatever. Could it have been 93? Could it have been 92 and a half? Oh, I mean, I think your safest bet is the car had to have been traveling at least this fast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, obviously it could have been going faster. How much faster? I don't really give a shit. Right. You know? Well, I mean, depending on the type of case. Yeah. Right. But, but yeah. I mean, you know, is that really what your goal is to go back and try and, and close that range, uh, whatever it is, adding, you know, 13%, the car's going 13% faster, a range of, you know, one to 13%. Does it really matter? Right. Yeah. You know, and especially when you see speeds that they're like, well, the pedestrian was going 50 and a 25. So therefore the car had to be traveling at least 50 in the 25. Okay. Do we really need to tighten up the range? Or, I mean, your, your dude's still 25 miles an hour with the speed limit and he was drunk and had no driver's license. <laughs> right. Because I mean, at the end of the day, you know, you're, I guess you got to look at what, obviously what your scope is of your investigation. And, and if it is determined, you know, if it is important that you try and, and get some type of uh, pre-impact speed range on the car or truck, whatever, then fine. But you need to be very careful with that. And, and you need to exercise some really good restraint on the percentage that your percentage range you're going to use, because I promise you, you are going to have to defend that to the nth degree because it's, it's very wishy-washy, you know, um, whereas the had to have been going at least this fast, that that's, Pretty scientific based. I mean, it's been analyzed, it's been studied, there's formula. I mean, all that's super dependable. And and especially when you say, okay, look, I did the speed of the pedestrian, I got 35 miles an hour, meaning the car had to be at least traveling that fast in order to accelerate the pedestrian to that. I then did, you know, a brake to stop based on the skid marks at the scene or whatever, and I got 43 miles an hour. Okay, well, those numbers jive because the car's speed should be higher than the speed picked up by the pedestrian. But I see a lot of people freak out about that. And they're like, well, they don't match. They shouldn't match. No. You know, and if you don't have skid marks, that's where it becomes even more dangerous to start going after that, that, that additional percentage that the pedestrian didn't get accelerated. You know what I mean? That that missing percentage. Yeah. But you'll see people that, that, and you and I have seen it, we've all three seen it where, you know, I calculated the speed of the pedestrian, you know, that it was accelerated at 32 miles an hour. And I, and I did the braking, you know, the braking of the car to stop and I calculated 31.7. Right. So, <laughs> so the pedestrian, are, you know, those so, two are consistent with one another, blah, blah, blah. Well, okay. <laughs> right. I mean, it's a problem. Right. Yeah. They, they shouldn't be. They really shouldn't, you know, and, not, not cars, yeah. and, and actually it was funny because I had somebody bring up to me, um, we, we had, oh my God, how long ago was that when our pedestrian stepped out in front of the semi that oh. had to been eight years ago, nine years ago, nah, less, less than that, seven. Oh wait, we, on 77. Yeah. Oh no, longer than that. 
Yeah. 10 to 12. Okay. So I had somebody argue with me on that and they're like, well, a semi would be a forward projection of the pedestrian. Therefore the pedestrian would have attained hundred percent of the, the semi speed. The problem is the pedestrian went in 50 different directions. Mm-hmm. That's like sticking an M80 in a watermelon and lighting it. Right. Yeah. Exactly. And that was the problem is I'm like, I, I don't, I don't think the pedestrian did pick up. No. Like, I think it picked up a very low percentage of the semi speed, actually, you know, and, and you know, and you're going to run into that situation. And that's and those are tough situations because, I mean, you, you just got such a huge, I mean, obviously a, a, a compact car and a pedestrian, there's there's a huge weight, you know, disparity between the two. But the higher that weight disparity increases, it gets to the point where it, it's it's not going to accelerate because that pedestrian is going to explode the pedestrian. Yeah. You know, and, and that's why, you know, is, I don't know, I guess I'm kind of sick, but we'll drive up the road and you'll see the deer down here. Cause anybody hasn't seen what knows what a deer is, you know, look it up, but you drive along the road and you'll see during the fall and winter and you'll see, you know, deer laying on the side of the road where they've been struck by motor vehicles. And then you'll just see the ginormous maroonish red, blob right in the center of the, the uh, highway and it's like yep semi got that one <laughs> yeah because <laughs> it's just it's just obliterated but that's what you know the, the more that weight disparity stretches out and it, it gets to the point where that's what's going to happen and yeah. those are challenging I, that all you can do is work the vehicle yeah and that's gonna be that one's going to be one of the ones where you, you you have to be asking the right questions to the driver I mean, you really got to dig into their what type of braking, how hard, you know, da 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 da. And, uh, and this one here for pedestrian impact, CDR data, how reliable are we talking? Believe it or not, older CDRs better because their threshold was way lower. They were like a half mile an hour. So a pedestrian yeah. strike would register. The new ones, unless they have pedestrian monitoring on it, you aren't even going to see the thing. You mean like the safe, read zeros? Yeah, like the safety hoods. From yeah, Toyota safety hoods stuff, that yeah. pop up, and yeah. But if you don't have that, you're not seeing anything on the CDR. You know, yeah. I, I'd love to see. Speaking of CDRs, I would love to see Cadillacs. Um, is it the WRX? It has the uh, the nighttime. Yeah, it's like uh, a WRX is a Subaru there, homie. Is it SR? What what model is it of the Cadillac that actually has the uh, the night vision where it can see the pedestrian out in the dark? Oh, wasn't that the not the SRX. not the CTSV? Was that the ATS? I'm not sure. It's the newer one, but it'd be interesting to see if you had one of those that was involved in a pedestrian collision. Did that even make? Uh, I wonder. Did that even make it to production? Like I, I know I saw a commercial for it, but then I never saw anything more of it. So I don't know if they scrapped that program or. I don't know. That that would be a neat CDR to see, even if you could test it. You know what I mean? Put uh, put Ryan out there in the in the roadway. Let let the the, the advanced for any for any of you guys it. listening that don't know, Ryan is our crash dummy. Like we're not really hitting he's some off on, he's off on Mondays and Tuesdays, but he's yeah. been here. It's kind, of like, it's kind of like Buster from <laughs> he's, uh, from he's, uh, yeah. the, uh, MythBusters. Yeah, Ryan. Ryan's our college intern. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You're like, listen, bro, you just got to pay your dues. <laughs> we all did it. Yeah. <laughs> it explains but, a lot. But... Coming up with anti-hazing, so, you know, mm. we can't do that. Yeah, yeah. All right, so let me let me throw this out there then. So we talked a, a lot about, I think, some of the challenges that are presented from 
pedestrian crashes. And, and we've given you guys, I think, a lot of the key areas that a lot of investigators go wrong. So if you are an investigator, you know what areas to avoid. If you're an attorney listening to this, you, you know what to kind of check for in the report. And if you see any of these issues, at least ask your investigator about it. Yeah. Just tell them, hey, listen, we need to let's have a conversation about this and explain to me why, you know, you feel that the car's speed and the pedestrian speed should be the exact same. Yeah. You know, because and, and maybe there there I'm never going to rule out and say that there's never going to be a scenario where they're not. They, oh. they're, they're, there may be there may be. And so if your investigator is like, oh, well, this is why. And it makes sense. OK, no worries. But you really need, you know, as the investigator, you need to really dig into what is a pedestrian doing. You know, that's part of it, too. And, and obviously that's going to be probably relying on witnesses or even maybe your driver. Um, but you could have, you know, that low, you know, just your regular your Honda Civic or a Cord or Corolla or Toyota Corolla, whatever. that strikes a pedestrian. It's a Ford projection. And it gets 100 percent. OK, was the pedestrian leaning over? You know, did they kneel down? I mean, you know, we had one, Eric, but that's exactly what happened well i thought yours was sitting well that's weren't they sitting know. on the roadway that was yeah <laughs> uh, that, that one was sitting <laughs> we're not gonna be there so uh, even though it's a even though the the vehicle was a relatively low um front end vehicle that would have been a wrap had the pedestrian been standing, it would have been a wrapped trajectory. You ended up with a forward projection. And actually, not even not even so much a forward projection as just kind of a knock them over and just run them over and drag them down the road. Which would be very common, you know, in a, um, you know, if you get a, a a shorter person that gets hit by a higher profile vehicle. You know, you think about your, think about your, your um, three-quarter ton, one-ton trucks maybe raised up, have, you know, bigger wheels and tires on, stuff like that. I mean, it, it, it's not as simple as what a lot of people, and it's, a lot of people think, and it's going back to that training, you know, it, when you take your basic one through four, it just gets you close. It doesn't get you where you need to be. So be very careful. Yep. You aren't taking the advanced training like Chris, you know, Chris and others have taken. Yeah. Yeah. Cause like you were saying with the height, you'll see people try to run a juvenile ped pedestrian crash, same as an adult. And you're like, you can't do it. One, I'm not going to treat a kid coming out the same as an adult coming out, especially depending on their age, because they don't know. They're not going to be hesitant or have that fear. They're just going to go and you got to kind of account for some of those changes. Yeah. You know, this is a good time to be talking about this because here we are coming in the summer, you know, we're in summertime now, kids are out of school, college yep. route, you know, a lot of kids out running around. I mean, you go through neighborhoods, you guys see the same thing, you know, it just you almost white knuckle drive through these neighborhoods because you're waiting you wait yeah. for that favorite football to come out into the roadway and you know what's coming after. Yep. So we're going to go through, give everybody your final words. I'm going to go first before you guys take it, because I'm just going to, I'm going to take the easy road out and steal the easy one. So my word of advice on this episode is get training. <laughs> if you're an investigator and you're going to be handling pedestrian motors or pedestrian bicycle crashes, you need to get advanced training. And not only do you need to get advanced training, you need to go actually either do some testing or go watch some testing being done. It's, it's crucial. And for anybody that uh, likes my LinkedIn page and stuff like that, you'll see. And what? Final, 
you just keep adding to like no 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 this is all the same one it's it's get training and and watch watch the testing but i'm just adding too i mean if if you watch any of my i swear to god i'm gonna break those fingers off and uh, so if you watch any of the videos that i post from our trainings we hit our crash dummy a lot with cars because there's just there's so much you can learn from it and uh so you make sure you take advantage of that but if you notice and you went back and looked at your video. No, it was not your term yet. <laughs> <laughs> and you hit you hit Ryan a number of times. In all different ways. With with the same style of approach. The same, yeah. you know. And every single time I guarantee you, his movement was different. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, yeah, it's, it's an interesting field and uh, you just, you can't stop learning. Like you, you got to keep going. So uh, we're Chris, we're going to give you the, the last, last word. So I'm going to give Phil the second easiest one to go. <laughs> and look, he's still, he's stumped. Well, no, I mean, Eric went with the, the path of least resistance. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So Listen, I'm reeling, I'm reeling <laughs> from my loss today. Cause my driver lost the race. He had a tire, tire blowout. I guess my 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 uh, final thought would be: take your time. If you're investigating one of these, whether it's in the law enforcement side or on the civil side, take your time and ask as many questions as you can possibly ask from everybody who heard or saw anything. It, you know, it, it's not just important to only find area of impact and work from there, but you need to find out what was the pedestrian doing? Were they running? Were they walking? Did they drop something and pick it up? Because that's going to change. You know, if you just go, if you don't ask and you treat it as a wrap and then find out later on that they were bent over because they dropped their phone and picking it up, totally different investigation. So, you know, obviously get the training so you don't end up like Eric. <laughs> and then, and then, and then, no, but ask questions, you know, take your time because these are, well, you, it, it's easy to, to mess up any investigation, but boy, pedestrians are, you can go, you can go sideways real quick. Yep. All right, Chris, what do you got for it? Lay it on here. Cause uh, you're, you're the expert. The, so the, the biggest thing, and it goes back to like to build on Phil is don't fixate. Don't fixate on one aspect of the crash. Don't just look at the car and go, I got the car. They didn't move it. I'm good. Look at the pedestrian. Look at the witnesses. Talk to people. Go go to the hospital. Interview the pedestrian. If it's a fatality, talk to the coroner. If you're able to, if you're law enforcement, you can go to the autopsy. Go to the autopsy. Collect everything. If you think you've got it worked out, you're going to be well surprised and on your heels later on because somebody's going to come up with something you didn't think of because you didn't. You just focused on that one aspect. So just focus on every part of it like you would any other crash. Don't take the lazy, easy way out. Like my final thoughts. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Don't be like Eric. (laughs) Wow. Wow, man. You guys all of a sudden are just turning on me today. Well, that's going to wrap it up for the day, guys. As always, if you have a case that you want us to review for free or you just want to connect with us, jump on over to CrashTechReconstruction.com. Also, remember to follow us on Facebook at Crash Tech, the Expert Angle Podcast. Make sure you subscribe to our show and leave us a review on your favorite podcast platform and subscribe to our YouTube channel, Crash Tech Reconstruction Services. And finally, remember to always leave your accident victims better off than you found them because at the end of the day, everything we do 
is for them.